Hi there. Welcome to Conversations with a Wounded Healer. I'm your host, Sarah Buino, and we're going to do a little mini episode today that I'll probably title Confessions of a Wounded Healer because there's some things that I've been learning in this process that I think to continue along the authentic lines of what I hope to produce in this podcast, I feel like I need to be really honest about it and share. So the first thing that I wanna share about is in relation to episode seven called Meditation, Just Do It Already. In that episode, I talk about Minga Rempeche, who is a meditation teacher. And in that, I talk about the way that my husband and I talk about his accent. And the day that that episode was released, And I listened to these ahead of time before they're released and, you know, went ahead with it. And the day that the episode was released, I had this intense guilt and I recognized that the guilt was, I hope nobody thinks I'm making fun of his accent. And is that racist? I remember telling my husband and, you know, he's like, oh, no, it's okay, It's fine. And I'm thinking, I don't know if it is. And I wanted to hold myself accountable to the fact that what I said may have been experienced as hurtful to some people. And I'm really, truly sorry if I disappointed anyone. As I say this, I also wonder if some people might be confused as to why that may have been offensive. And honestly, that's exactly why I'm bringing this up. I'm very aware that I'm a white person trying to discuss race and I'm likely not doing it justice, but I do believe in shining a light on hard topics so that we can try to find a common ground for healing. And I talked to my therapist about it. I talked to her in general about just what this experience is like. And I've there have been a couple times where people have said to me, oh my gosh, I'm meeting Sarah Buino. Oh, from Conversations with the Wounded Healer, which sounds really silly to me because I don't have like this crazy large listener base or anything like that. It's weird for me to think of people putting me on a pedestal because I know the people that I've put on a pedestal before when they get knocked down, it ain't pretty. And so I certainly don't want to be that person. And so I'm having this weird experience of feeling exposed and vulnerable, vulnerable in a bad way. (laughs) You know, like I am sharing a lot of stuff and the conversations that I'm having on this show are the conversations that I would have with my friends. And that's what I set out to do, right? I don't hide a lot of stuff about my personal life. I don't hide a lot of stuff about my family history. And I'm very, very aware. My therapist put it this way. She's like, you know, you want to find the sweet spot in between censoring yourself and being mindful of what you're sharing and who might the receiver be who's hearing this. So along those lines too, you know, I just wanted to check in about the way that I talk about my parents on this show as well. My parents have both passed away, as I've said many times. You know, it's just kind of funny because that was a huge defining moment in in a big, big moment where my life shifted in a very large way. And so I think that's why I continue to call back to that, not because I want some sort of sympathy or pity or anything about that, because it's not at all how I feel, but it was a pivotal moment. It was a, a do or die, make or break kind of situation for me where everything changed. I talk about my parents and their humanness. Let's say that in a really kind way. I talk about their humanness very candidly. There's a saying not to speak ill of the dead. I hope that people understand that what I share about my parents is not in any way meant to be speaking ill of them. You know, I'm very cognizant that the family members who I have left who 
know my parents, I don't want them to cringe when they hear me saying something, you know, that they might not agree with. Because I feel like I can hold in one hand the things that my parents did or didn't do that I felt were hurtful. And I can hold in the other hand that they absolutely did the best that they could do. And I wholeheartedly believe that. And it took me a long time to get there. In some cases after they died, in in some ways, it really took me until their death to fully accept that with my whole heart. And I, you know, I don't know if I could have accepted it before they were gone because our relationships with both of them, my relationships with them was, it was fraught with expectation and obligation and a lot of shoulds. I couldn't live that way. And that's why it was such a struggle to be in an authentic relationship with them because the energy that we were both bringing to the relationship and the expectations and the desired outcomes were so different that I don't know if when they were alive, we could have gotten to a place where both of us would have felt satisfied. I don't believe that that's true. And and I don't say that in a negative way. I don't say that in a pessimistic way. I say that in an authentic way. You know, I think people come in and out of our lives at times when we need them and uh, relationships aren't necessarily meant to last forever. And I think the family relationships are the hardest relationships because they're supposed to last forever, you know, at least, you know, as far as our lifetime is concerned. And there's some people that we are born into family with who we probably don't want to spend a lot of time with. And that's okay. You can love your family and not want to be with them. And I guess I just want to point back to this, that I really do hold the belief that everybody's doing the best they can. And sometimes our best is not good enough. You know, this is something Brene Brown talks about in her book, Rising Strong, and the realization that she had that if she walked through the world believing that everybody was doing the best they could, then she would have to set her boundaries really differently. That's how I felt about my parents at the time when they were alive. I felt like their best wasn't what I needed. I'm not going to say it wasn't good enough because that just that just feels really shitty, but it wasn't what I needed. And so I had to set my boundaries in a way that didn't feel good for them. And it didn't honestly feel good for me either, but I knew that I wasn't going to get my needs met. And so I had to set those boundaries. And I guess I want people listening who knew my mom or my dad probably my mom more specifically, because I know she's got a lot of fans out there and I don't begrudge them that. But as I said, I think on an episode before, the relationship that one has with a parent is so laden with emotion and expectation and obligation, like I said before, that it's so easy to love someone and be like, oh, I wish they were my mom, like my therapist. I think to myself, oh my God, I wish she was my actual mother. But I'm sure that her kids at some point are like, oh my God, I wish somebody else was my mother. So I want to give to people who might be listening who knew my mom or my dad and say, you can have a different picture of who they were because that's who they were to you. And I can have the picture of my parents for who they were to me because that's who they were to me. And those two opposite things, potentially opposite, I'm just assuming, those two things can coexist at the same time. It's not either our parents are good people or bad people or either somebody is racist or they're not. I think there's a lot of gray and there's a lot of competing pieces and nuances that go into this. And that's part of healing. I titled this Conversations with a Wounded Healer because this is some sort of therapy for me to work through some of these wounds. And I think 
what I'm going to be called to do is to tolerate criticism. And that's probably what created that guilt that I felt after that episode uh, on meditation was released, that fear of, well, fuck, what are people going to think about me? And someone's not going to be happy about that. I have to really think about how do I want to say things, not so that they're going to be perceived in a certain way, but so I can just try my best to express my authentic self and then know that I'm not going to please everybody. I think that's going to be a really hard lesson because I've lived my whole life wanting people to like me. And right now, a lot of people do. And it feels really good. The day that I start getting negative feedback, it's going to hurt. And I'm probably going to cry because I do that pretty easily. And I just want to be authentic and honest about that. So I know this has been a bit of a bit of a ramble, but I hope that you resonate with this in some way. The idea of kind of holding two opposites at the same time, this, you know, fear of being perceived in certain ways. And thank you for listening and for coming back. I appreciate it. Thanks as always to Andrea Clunder and Edwin Ruiz at the Creative Imposter Studios for editing. Liam O'Donnell, my good friend, for taking that awesome album art photo. And Ben Mueller for the theme music. You can find Conversations with a Wounded Healer on Facebook and Twitter and Stitcher and Google Play and iTunes, all the other fun place that you find podcasts. So you can check the website headhearttherapy.com slash podcast for more details. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next time. Bye-bye. Thank you.